Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 30-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. This week, we have none other than gorgeous Tan France, star of Queer Eyes Netflix, fashion guru, cannot wait to chat. Well, you guys, hold on to your blue violet shimmer light shampoo because Ooh. I've got someone here who likes to use it a lot. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. If you could tell who that gorgeous, cute little baby laugh is, if you guessed someone whose name is Fran. Fran. <laughs> Fran Taftar. France. Temperance. Tanny's here. You guys. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jackie. So- it's okay, you can say it. <gasps> Yay! Oh my gosh, can we talk about that real quick? Um, no. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan Van Ness, it shows how much I know about my boy. So Jonathan Van Ness used to go by the name Jack when he was at school. And I didn't know this until like six months ago when we were filming. And one of his friends was on the phone and she kept saying Jack. I was like, who the heck is she talking about? Afterwards, I questioned it and he said... When I was at school, I go by Jack. My nickname's been Jack my whole life. And so I asked if I could start calling him Jackie. He said yes, but only in private. And now it's not private anymore. Yeah. But um, I won't know who you're talking to, and I won't like it. And it's not a term of endearment unless you're my mom or Tan. Yeah. So if you do it, I probably won't like you very much. Yeah, do not do that. That's not appropriate. Only I can say that. Well, I mean, it doesn't really like bother me. I just like won't like you, and I'll never take a selfie with you. So it's like your call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's mine. That's yeah, yours. That's ours. <laughs> Um, well, you know, Tan, so every um, episode of Getting Curious is a question, and um, so far, you know, it's like, it's kind of just, you know, who are you? I mean, who is Tanny Benny? That's I, I'm, I'm doing one with, um, you know, the boys, yeah. and it's kind of been like, you know, who are, who are you? Oh, gosh, that's a tough question. Who am I? Well, I mean, we can get there together. Like, you don't have to, like, answer. That's like, okay, that was a great. really treacherous, that. That was a really okay. treacherous open-ended question. Uh, okay, good. Um, well, I guess one question I have for you that we could start with is a question about me. Oh, love. Which always. is, um, what is what is the first thing that you thought when you met me? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so honestly, the first time I met If it's not that I was, like, gorgeous and attractive or I, something along those lines, I'm going to be so you offended. Were gorgeous. No, I obviously thought and you And something were to the effect of, like, if I hadn't already been married, like, it like really took my breath you away. You would have been the person I was... Yeah. So when... Okay, you've actually taken all of my words out of my mouth. So when I first met you, I thought, gosh, she's attractive. Second did you really? Yeah, I no. really did think you were beautiful. I really, really? Think you were beautiful. Yeah, no, no, I truly did. Um, I thought you were beautiful. I really did. Uh, second thing I thought was, if my husband, God forbid, ever dies, I found my replacement for him. I would keep you safe. If anything uh, ever yeah, happened you to Rob. You're a lot bigger than I am. You're a lot taller than I am. So but I want you guys to do me together. But that's probably against your religion. I mean, Rob is kind of Mormony. We are yeah. <laughs> one partner. So, uh, oh, yeah. Both of us are allowed more than one partner. In the day. Or yeah. no, even now. For my community, we can still have more than one partner. So you never know. Is that... Well, I mean, a lot of people. Well, actually, I think that's like actually kind of a cute time to talk about Islamophobia and the Muslim yeah. faith. Yeah. Um, just go right there. Yeah. Um, but like, I think is polygamy a common misconception in the way that it is in the Church of Latter Day Saints? And I mean, to me, I would think that a lot of people that are living like a Muslim lifestyle in America are not polygamous. Yes. True. Okay. Let's talk about the Mormon thing first. Yeah. So in the LDS, so also the Mormon faith, I would think they're not. They're yeah. not. In fact, no. I know they're not. No, they're not. So you mentioned LDS. Uh, that means Last Day Saint Church, Jesus Christ. Wait, did I say Saints. Mormon? But I meant to say Muslim. 
Yes, you did. But it's okay. I want to talk about both. Both. But, but this gives an opportunity to talk about both. So uh, Mormons uh, are actually uh, people of the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints. That's our official title. But most of us call them Mormons. Mormons uh, back in the day were allowed to have more than one wife. Mormon men were allowed to have more than one wife. However... That's no longer the case. That hasn't been the case for many years. So it's like decades. 1890 or something. I don't know the, uh, the I think dates. it's 1890. I'm going to yeah, Google it. I love but keep telling me. Yeah, so that was uh, many, many years ago. That's not the case anymore. And people who do still have more than one wife, they are um, a different sect of, of That's the FLDS. FLDS, correct. Um, so no longer can Mormons have uh, more than one wife. However, in my religion, uh, Islam, we can have more than one wife. However, oh that, my God, you guys. You were right with the it's date? Fucking 1890. You are very, very smart. And then, and that was why they let it be a state because that's why they didn't want Utah to become a state because they weren't into the polygamy. But then when they renounced it, they were a state by 1896. You know, you are, you've been getting curious for so long. You're not that curious anymore. You know everything. No, I'm super curious about <laughs> yeah, you are. You so, are. Whereas in my religion, we can still have more than one wife if we choose to marry a woman. Um, but you, uh, there is a condition. There's only, you can only marry more than one person if you can uh, love them equally and treat them equally, which. Come on, most of us can't. So um, most Muslim men that do not have more than one wife. Nobody, and then nobody I know in England personally has more than one wife. However, in the Middle East, I do know people who have more than one wife. Um, and is there a differentiation between, like, is that like a Sunni or like a Shi rule? No, Shia. Shi um, rule, Shia rule. Shia, yeah. So uh, Sunnis and Shias, can, both of them, they can have um, You said Sunnis. Sunni, Yeah. So, like, in a British accent, it's pronounced... Sunnies. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you get... Uh, yeah, in a uh, stronger... When you say it fast, it sounds like you're sunnies. saying the sunnies. Yeah, that, that is how we say it back home. Yeah. Sunnies of, and she has. And it feels like... I feel like you're going to say, like, the sunny and shares. Not that I'm going to... No, you're not. I know. Sunnies and shares. Yeah, so much respect. I'm part of the sunnies. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense because you're from Pakistan. Your family's Pakistani. Yeah, they really are, yeah. And from what I... Well, from what I think I learned, I think I learned that, like, Iran... Is mostly she. Shia. Shia. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing. We need to clear this up right here and right now, Tian. Yes. We've had this conversation. We had this conversation I'm going to tell you guys a little story about Uh-oh. Tian and I. So we were minding our own business this one day in the back of the car in Atlanta. And I was telling Tani about Dr. James Galvin, who you guys may know from two episodes of Getting Curious, who's the director of Islamic Studies at UCLA. And I really respect him and I like him a lot. And he speaks... uh, Farsi? Arabic? He speaks... I'm not okay. trying to be racist. I'm just yeah. not smart. No, no, please, or no, I'm not, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know which one. I don't, okay. But he seems okay. like one of six. Okay. So, but Do you I know said, where he's from? That he's he's American, but he lived in Damascus. He's like a professor of Islamic um, oh my history. Gosh. Maybe, but he lived maybe in Damascus. Fassi. But he he lived in Damascus for like ten or fifteen years. Okay. Probably um, so I had him on the first episode ever. Getting curious, and that was to tell me what's the difference between Sunni and Shia Muslims, and why don't they love Can each I other? Can I stop you? I love that. That was your first episode. That was I my love first that episode. You were curious about that. I've been curious about that forever because I'm like, I'm like, why are people upset? Like, why? Yeah. What's the deal? Um, and, you know, I think so many religions are really beautiful. I think that the writing of yeah. the writings of them are really beautiful. And so yeah. I've I've never been um, I, I've never been yeah, yeah or like scared of like one particular yeah. one. Um, so. Uh, but I said, so that was the title of the episode. And he said, well, he's like, let me stop you right there. Like, you say it, it's pronounced Shia. Yeah, and, and it's Shia. the way you say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't, but then he says that when you, you know, you speak the language or whatever, it's like a, it's like a Shia, like a Shia, or it's like yeah, that thing Shia. that you do yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But when I say it in American, you can say Shia. So I think I would, I feel more correct saying she than saying Shia. 
Because when I say Shia, I yeah. feel like I'm saying like Shea butter or like yeah, Shia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm closer saying Shia. Actually, can I can I correct you on this, please? Uh-huh. So uh, it's spelt S H I I T. Yes. Um, some people the E, some people don't. Okay, oh, I think I said Shiite. Yes, exactly. That's what what our conversation was. So you had said Shiite, and then he said, No, it's not Shiite. You don't include the T. It's Shia. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, why do we want to do that? And he's like, it's like Western culture because it's like Mennonite. Yeah. Like, yes. it's like, it's like, it's like, you want to put, yeah. like, you see that and you like want to put yes. it there or whatever. Yes. So, so when I say, Shia. so I just need to, Shia. Shia. Yes. Shia. That's the way we say it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, I'm glad that we cleared that up. Yeah. Um, so that's cute. So I ran, whatever, we don't need to talk about that because I'm way more interested in you. Oh, um, all right. I Thanks. am. However, uh, there is something that you do ask a lot about and I wish I had more information for you than this, but I do love that you're interested in Pakistani politics and I don't want this to be a political um, chat because I don't well, know a lot. Well, it's not of, up to you, Tan. <laughs> because I don't know a lot of, about Much, politics. you know, if you've learned one thing about me, a yeah. lot of our relationship is like, when I choose to leave your house, yes. when I choose to invite yes. myself over to your yes. house, <laughs> when I choose to FaceTime you at the same time yeah. every day, I mean, even though know you're at the, the gym. gym. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Um, I just do what I do and you, you're do like, I you get so you, you to get me what I can get when you can you're willing to give it to me. You can be as political as you want. However, I'm not informed, as informed as you are. You're more informed no, in, than uh, I am in a lot of ways. And I should be for sure about Pakistani politics. However, one thing I am very proud of about Pakistan is that we were the first Muslim nation to have a woman in power. And that was like in the early 90s. Whose name was Benazir Bhutto, Bhutto, who we Bhutto. love. Yes. How do you say it with your... Benazir Bhutto. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, so I think another thing that people don't know about um, you and I is that actually we grew up together in the outskirts of Surrey. Oh my gosh, if you start to lose your accent um, during this route, stay strong, baby. Um, like, no, you know, on, you you know growing, up, growing up in, um, actually, where we really come from <laughs> is, where we really, really come from is actually, um, <laughs> where, where are we, literally Yorkshire. where are we from? Yorkshire, of course, of course. And that, but that's actually the name of the county. Yorkshire oh. is the name of the county, yes, of course. Well done. Okay, he did just learn this two days ago. You know what? I told you. If you could just suspend some disbelief for a moment and um just be alright with the fact that I grew up with you in Yorkshire. <laughs> yes. The county that yes. I've always known was the yes. county and I never referred no, to as a city not. ever. Definitely not until two so days. So tell yes. me about our upbringing together in Yorkshire. So we had you'll remember this, of course. We had the most lovely little childhood in Doncaster. In, oh yeah, in Doncaster. That's yeah. where we come from. And then we went to uh Hallcross High School, which is the same one as Louis from One Direction. You remember that, right? Wow, that high our high school has come out with so many superstars. <laughs> super stupid <laughs> stupid stars. <laughs> Superstars, um, myself, yourself, <laughs> and, and Louis from um, Louis from uh, One, One Direction, D. of course. Yeah, so so yeah, many D. of us, a whole three of us, um, and uh, and it was a really quiet. And town. what sports did we did we play any sports? We did. We remember we played football for a while, which is what you guys call soccer. Yes, yes, yes. And you we, were we forward. Are you a goalie? I can't goalie. remember. You were. Go- we were you really a goalie? Really was a goalie because I was small and I was fast. Oh my god, yeah. Tenny, do yeah. you have any stories of an epic save from like an epic game that no, you once did? I let everyone pass because I was crap at soccer. Oh, no. All I wanted to do was go home and play with my Barbies. <gasps> I loved Barbies too, Tanny. Okay, okay, so did you have something called Cindy's here? Cindy's and Barbies? Do you know what that is? I, no, I think maybe Cindy's Barbies. the English one. Um, well, I can't believe that I forgot about Cindy's where we come from. <laughs> so tell, <laughs> tell me about how we play with Cindy's. So, I, so weirdly, so my dad was super competitive with his brother and his brother had kids who were my age and one of them was my, uh, my female cousin. And we were both seven and for her seventh birthday, 
she got a Barbie house. Um, and my dad was the eldest in his family and his brother was the second. And they were so, so competitive that even though it was clearly a product for a girl, back in the day, it was seen as a girl's product. My dad, the next, a couple of months later, it was my birthday. He went and got me a Barbie's house that was twice the size of hers. And instead of just one Barbie, he got me like 10 Barbies. I had a full on Barbie life going on. He did not at any point think that's a little bit strange to do this for my son. Well, he was more like concerned about beating his brother than thinking about like what that meant for like your identity or whatever. It was so weird. And I remember thinking he used to say every now and then like stop crossing your legs because he wanted to encourage me to be more masculine. I'm like, you got me a Barbie house. Who are you to tell me to uncross my legs? So your dad got you this gorgy Barbie or this gorgy Barbie house because really he just wanted to beat his little brother's uh, daughter who I almost just called like a rude name, but then I remember that that's your cousin. And so we love her and we love her. We love her. I was thinking about like that little like whatever, but this, we love her. She's we a cousin. She's I just great. heard the competitive part. She's I thought that I hated her, but <laughs> yeah, I forgot no, that she's our, we I like forgot that she's actually like I grew up with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I grew oh, up yeah, with you her. remember? Yeah, we went to school together. Yeah, of course. We um yeah. Um so uh so how when did you start to suspect that you were maybe like a little baby off. gay? A little off. Um, Not uh, off. No, on. My, no, my culture calls it off. Like my dad would say, you're a little off. Yeah, but my culture, <laughs> our culture, our culture, our big gay yes. culture calls it on. Yeah. Full, oh, is that really? Okay, no, we, oh, I just made it well, up. I love that. Okay. But we're not going to refer to it. We're yes. starting a thing. We should say that. Absolutely. Sorry, when did you know so, that you were one? When did you know it was yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. When did you know that you were going to be my okay. gorgeous the, fat peach of a butt and it was going to be one? Yes. I would honestly, do you know, people, ask that a lot a lot and I and I never know how to answer that because I don't remember ever feeling off thank you and I remember I never remember a time when I thought I'm into women I always felt into boys did you ever have that well no but I just remember being like in kindergarten and like when other little boys would like chase little girls around I was always like kind of hanging with the girls and chasing boys and yeah. wanting to push them down. Exactly, exactly. So it never was a, a, a case of, okay, from this age, I started to feel different. I was never one of those boys who was into girls and then one day it changed. I always Well, knew. what I'm more asking, I'm not asking if you're into girls. I'm more of asking, like, when did oh, you consciously... Yeah, like, when did you, like, like, I remember one time, this is intimate, but I was yeah. going to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I was sitting yes. there having one a, or two. Oh, sitting there having a thing. Yes, you were. Um, and it dawned on me. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> um, uh, but it dawned on me that I was like, it, like it literally just like came to me, and I was like, <gasps> I was like, I like because well, yeah, and it like that, like like the ramifications of like what that was going to mean. Okay, so like that, came, came, sorry, like yes, that was like for me that was like in maybe fifth or sixth grade, and I was like, oh my god, like I'm yeah. gonna have to tell people someday, and like what does this mean for like the ease okay. of my life, like. That's when I was like, what does this mean, mm-hmm. you know, in a larger scale? Okay, so that, is a, if you're referring to that, then maybe when I was like 13. And, and I, you were 13 in what year? 13 in grade 8. Uh, grade 8 isn't 2001. Uh, no, that was, uh, oh, I would have been, that was like 1995. Nine, you were not in 8th grade in 1995. You're like I one year older than me, Tan. Wait, was I? In 1999, in 2001, I was in ninth grade. What year were you born? 85? 83. What? Yeah. You're uh, four years older than me? Yeah. That's hot. Uh, yeah, right. Ooh, you're kind of a little daddy. <laughs> yeah, I remember we go Wait, to so school. Wait, so maybe you were. Uh, we go to school way earlier than you. So no, we, you don't, Tanny. Not in the UK. Oh, well, you were in the UK. You know, we start nursery at three, kindergarten at three, and then we're in. <laughs> 
school at four. Tan, that is an absolute ball face lie. This is, worse than you, this is worse than the time when uh, you had the nerve to tell me that Z was pronounced Z in British. It's true. I know it is. You I'm should kidding. know. I know. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Okay, anyone that's back home, I do want you to comment at some point when you hear this and just let um, Jonathan know that this is true. We do go to So what time do you graduate high school? 16. You, we, can, we can either do it 15 or 16. Wow. Yeah. And that's why we go to college earlier. Yeah. You so, go to college earlier? 16, yeah. I know. Again, you're from England. You should know this. I forgot a lot. (laughs) You've forgotten a lot. Um, So, yeah. So, I was, uh, God knows how old. I think it was 13 and I was in grade eight. And I remember looking at this boy. Can I say his name or no? Yeah. (gasps) His name was Ricky Agar and I loved him so much. Okay. So, it was the first time. It was in summer and we were playing uh, basketball outside. And he took his shirt off. <gasps> and it was the first time I'd really seen a boy with his shirt like, off. You are a sinewy tall <gasps> oh glass of water. Gosh. And now when I think about it, it was a 13-year-old boy, so this is disgusting. But he was so beautiful. Like His skin was glistening. It was shiny. Uh, and I just thought, I want to marry him. And that was the first time I thought, wait, I want to marry a boy. That's bizarre. Uh-huh. And, I, and I didn't see any other outcome. I didn't think, oh, well, I've got to quash that because I've got to marry a girl at some point. I never, ever thought that. I just thought he will be my husband one day. By hook or by crook, he will be my husband. Yeah, I, like, definitely never tried to fight that. Like, no, either. never. It was like, it was like I, I love, I am so digmatized right now. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And, and there are many kids, people who I know, who, who thought, I want to fight it. My husband being one of them, he thought, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to pray for it to go away. And I did to a certain extent. I used to pray that it went away. But... I knew it wasn't. Honey, I never her. really did. I guess I was like a little scared, but I was I love that dick. <laughs> I hope she doesn't take away my love of dick, honey. I hope this goddess doesn't take it away. Why would you bestow me with such a gift just to rip it out of my gorgeous eyes? <laughs> You're absolutely right. But being as religious as my family was, I was like, oh shit, this spells trouble. Oh my god, you guys, we have to take a really quick break. Uh, we'll be more with gorgeous Tan France and the gorgeous <laughs> um, star of um, Netflix's Queer Eyes, the fashion person. He's a groom. He's from the United Kingdom. He's absolutely gorgeous. Um, his body's sickening, face sickening. <laughs> I'm quad sickening. I'm I just, you know, sick. We'll be right, but in a gorgeous way. We'll be right back with more getting curious after this. So Tan, that really was a gorgeous exploration of um something that has no chronological time order. We jumped no, all over the place and there did. really isn't a rhyme or reason. Around, around about right that's you. why that's how I work. <laughs> yes, um, it so is. I like that. So basically, so you kind of never really tried to fight it, and that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, did you did you ever think, even for a second, maybe I need to try and find a way when I'm older to maybe make it work with a girl? No, no right? No, I, I never did. Um, and not to, I ask the questions around. Oh here. shit, that's how this works. Yeah, I ask questions. Ah, but I appreciate your asking questions. <laughs> so, um, but so for you, you know, you never really fought it. And then when did you, did you ever have to have a conversation with your parents or your family? Or like, was that like a hard for you? I mean, obviously I'd imagine like yeah. being a Pakistani descent. And yeah. like, what was that? What was that like? So here's the thing. So we, although we're Pakistani, we were born and raised in the UK. So we, we were torn. We had really Western ideals because we were, that's all we knew really. But we were entrenched in this culture that is a little more archaic. Because your mom and dad were born in Pakistan, they were they? were. they came over when they were really, really young. Both of them were under 10 years old. So they know the, the British culture really well. And the funny thing is, is that we weren't really raised super, super strict Muslim. We just, it was in the periphery. We'd go to mosque and... and like every... <clears throat> every day, every day. We'd go to mosque every day after school. Yeah, so after school we'd go. What's like the church for, or what's um obviously a, 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 a mosque, like, but like what's Sunday? Like, you know, like Sunday, like most like God, I was this Friday. Cute. I was this Friday. Of course. And, and we call it Jumma. Jumma. Um, so, so you go to Jumma? Yeah. Uh, not anymore. 
No, we're not the best anymore. But yes, normally most practicing Muslims do. And I did it until recently. So I would, um, so I, we would go to school and then we'd have half an hour break and then we'd go to mosque every day. And this was from age four or five to 15. Um, so that was a lot for kids. We weren't really allowed to have a social life outside of that. It wasn't encouraged. Um, but we were, we were raised, other than that, we were raised very, very westernized. And so... I was torn because I knew that I could live this life. I could choose to live the life that I wanted. I I could date whoever I wanted, but I had to basically get permission. You often ask who gave permission. I do. In my culture, we do need permission from our families to be able to live the life that we want. Um, Our lives are not our own lives. Um, They are based on the community, our families. It's it's a lot more community driven than just a singular person. So uh, when I came out, I came out to my sister when I was 17. She was the first person I told. She cried and cried and cried as if somebody had passed away. And that's quite common. Um, She had to go through a bereavement process and and realize that the life that she had planned for me was never going to come to fruition um but then shortly after that she got used to it the only thing was was that i wasn't allowed to talk about my new life new life and i've got air quotes she understood but it was against religion so don't talk so about it's like it. don't bring her your boyfriend home never don't ever address this life that you're now living and then i told my and how brother, old were you then 16 and then i told my brother about a year or so later one of my brothers a year or so later then i told my mom a couple of years later and it was always the agreement that yes okay we understand that you can't you can't control this you've always been a little different we we didn't know what it was now we understand however you can live the life that you want but never ever bring it home never talk about it and that's it. what that was your mom's response to yes um and so that was the case so up until literally but then what about your dad my dad passed away when i was 13 um so yeah so uh yeah he um he didn't know and i spoke spoken to my mom since i was like do you think he had an inkling she was like no we just we didn't know what it was called back in the day we just you you were different we didn't know what that meant was that um you know, like in AJ's episode, not to like, you know, reference our mm-hmm. work, but like, was that, did that feel, did that like strike you deeper, like watching him go through that or even like Remy losing his dad? But I, but I can't remember. If Actually, I, what I will say is so their experience was different because they were already close with their fathers. I wasn't very close with my dad. Um, we were already disconnected. He was a lot more cultural. I was a lot more westernized. And so, yeah, we weren't super close. And he died at such a young age where our relationship was kind of tough. Uh, so, uh, and, and also when I came out, I did feel somewhat relieved thinking, I'm so glad I don't have to have this conversation with my dad. If my dad was still around, I definitely wouldn't be living the life that I, that I do now. Or if I were to, it definitely wouldn't be as peaceful as it is now. Um, I probably wouldn't have any contact with my family. I would have had to have, uh, they would have disowned me. I'm almost positive. Um, so yeah, it makes it easier that I didn't have to come out to my dad. My mom's a lot more easygoing than my dad was. Um, and so I told them uh, uh, that I was gay and I wasn't allowed to talk about it. And I had gotten married in the ta- at that time. I'd, I'd been with my husband for 10 years. And up until literally three, four months ago until December, I never talked about my my marriage, my relationship. What? Yeah, he was never So you got married to Robin, none of your family knew They yet. all knew. I told them I was getting married, but they said, okay, that's all we need to hear. They didn't want to know his name. They, they didn't, didn't come. It. They did not come. So who was at your wedding? Uh, his family and a couple of my closest friends. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And so, uh, so only when I, the show was about to come out, I told my family, hey, something's about to come out. And for the first time ever, you're going to see what my life is. Um, And I said that I'm not going to stop doing this. This is the life that I've chosen. And you either accept me for who I am finally, or I can no longer be part of your lives. So has your, like, brothers and sisters met Rob at this point? Still not. I'm not ready for it yet. So since then, they've they've watched the show. They didn't want to watch the show. Can I I go into this? Yeah, of course. Okay. 
So they didn't want to watch the show because they thought, they thought that with it being called Queer Eye, that it was a gay conversion program. Oh. So I was trying to go around the country and encourage people to be homosexual, which is that's which what a great idea what it is, for a TV Dan. show. It's a great well, idea I think, they hit, I think they hit the nose on the head. <laughs> yes, they did. they did. They were very smart about it. Um, but when they wa- finally watched the show, Curiosity killed them and they, they couldn't control Or gave them anymore. life. Curiosity yes. gave them life. Yes, yes, yes. So mm-hmm. beforehand they said they weren't going to watch the show. But then so many of my extended family members had seen it so they finally watched the show and they said oh my gosh it's so much better than we ever expected you made us so proud you you're just who you are I think their worry was that I was going to be somebody else in my personal life that I was going to be I don't know super sexualized super flamboyant so I think that they were just so concerned that I wasn't going to be who they knew and who who they loved so I think watching the show gave them an opportunity to see me uh, doing what I do but being the, exactly the same person they've always known their whole lives. Um, and so our relationship has changed so much the last few months. Now they ask about Rob every time we Skype and they'd literally never said his name before. For 10 years, they'd never used his name. So now it's a very strange feeling having a conversation with him over Skype and they actually have seen uh, him on FaceTime and that's a very strange process. So, you know, me watching you say that, I get... Um oh my God, I'm like literally emotional. I never, this never happens to me. I was to show. Um... Today, I was getting asked a lot about what it feels like having such an outpouring of support on social media. And I was saying how it's something that, like, I don't let myself sit in. Like, I don't let myself sit in that praise and I don't seek it out and I don't, like, undulate in it too long because I'm very... Maybe not very concerned is too strong to put on it, but it's like I don't want the positive um, affirmations from people to um, change the way I feel about myself. And, And I don't know if that's because... Sitting in that self-love or that self-appreciation feels like, I don't know what makes me feel scared of it or like why sitting in something good feels scary. But watching you sit in something that's like so gorgeous Mm -hmm. for you feels so good. But like, have you had a chance to like sit in that new reality? And like, how does that make you feel knowing that like, you know, you very gently and patiently like kind of, you know, got Mm -hmm. these people in your family to come around. And then, you know, more widely, like you are this... You know, I, I can't think of any other gay Muslim men that are like living this publicly yeah. and this out. And what has the response been like that for you? And how, and like, can you feel it? Cause I feel like kind of numb. Yeah. Almost from it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's been first, firstly, having my family understand me and accept me for who I am finally after se- they've known for 17, 18 years now is, is a really strange and wonderful feeling for them. For me to actually be able to use my husband's name feels really powerful now. Um, and to the messages I get from people all over the world, but in particular the Middle East um, and Asia is is really nice. I know you said you don't like to sit in that and, and it, it can give you an icky feeling. For me, it feels so beautiful to get messages from people saying, I see a version of myself on TV for the first time ever. I've been able to turn to my... Uh, family member, sorry, my family member, and say uh, uh, to say to say to them, "I'm gay," is really powerful. Like this has never been done before. Like I've never seen a version of this on on TV, and and it's so. I used to be so jealous of white people thinking, "Oh my god, how nice it must feel to be able to use your partner's name." Just something as simple as that to be able to say. This is who my partner is. Even if you, they haven't met your partner, even if you decide not to keep that partner, just being able to have the freedom for... And it's not all white people. I know it's not. That's an over, overgeneralization. But 
I, I do think it's easier to be to come out as a, a white person uh, in, in many cities in the US. I know not the case in, in the Midwest uh, or many other places. Um, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to defend uh, my comments, but I do. Uh, maybe that is how I truly feel. I do feel like it's easier to come out um, as a Caucasian person in, in America or in the UK. Um, and so sitting there watching as a Middle Eastern, as a, as a Pakistani man, Watching uh, that, I, I was so envious as a kid thinking I would love to be able to just be honest with my family or my friends. And it's not that easy. And especially if you're a kid in the Middle East where it's so much harder than even I have it in the in the UK or in the US. I just know how I would have felt if I could look at the TV and say to my family, watch this show and you might finally understand who I am. That feels really nice, Jonathan. And I know that it's hard for you to, to receive those positive affirmations. And I totally get why you say that. But for me, it feels so nice. I love it. It feels so nice. Um, and it's, it's not that it makes me feel icky. It makes me, can. I don't want everyone's like outpouring of love to delude how I see myself. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's how, what I meant. Yes, I do. It, I like do it feels like, that. you know, to be so that. heavily praised yeah. when like I am, you know, just like a kid trying to do the best I can with yeah. what I know. And, yeah. you know, you know, like that's the part, like I just don't want to have like an inflated sense of self. That's the part that makes me feel icky, not Agre- the praise itself. Agreed, agreed. And uh, yes, uh, and, and I feel the same way. I don't, uh, but when people, somebody asked me in an interview yesterday, how does it feel to be a role model? I definitely don't feel like a role model. I'm just doing a job and I'm being visible. And, and that is all I ever want to do. I, I will never profess to be somebody's role model. I just, I do love the luxury of being in a position where I can be myself, though. That feels really powerful as a Pakistani Muslim. Yeah. I also think, you know, you don't have to defend your comments. I think it's like people of color and uh, non-POC people, like, need to feel, you know, safe to express things how they want. And I... Could very much see how, like, being a person of color living in this world, you would think that it was, like, very much easier for a non-person of color to, like, come out of the closet, especially, you know, in the Western world. Um, I don't think that that is – I think that it's, like, a generalization, but I think it's one that's probably true. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there are some, like, little white kids in the middle of Montana, like, in a fucking real fucked up place that are, like – But I think that, um, you know, on the whole, Mm -hmm. that is very extremely true. Mm -hmm. Um. But I love that I love that we can have that conversation. I think that's Me gorgeous. Um, I've never talked about any of this on any interviews. You know, I usually avoid these conversations, and you're the only one I'm comfortable enough to talk about this. With, so oh, Tim, so I really. Uh, um, well, these are touchy things. Yeah, and I also think you know, like since I've met or since we've met, um, you know, like this is a whole new experience. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole new. Um, Different world. And, you know, also, um, for us specifically, I mean, this is like, uh, I mean, this is like kind of like, well, not like a shitty thing, but we have very much been there for each other in some of like our very much hardest times. Yes, we have. I think that's like very special. I thank you for trusting me to, but I didn't even mean to chat about that. We chat about what we chat about. Um, and it, these are conversations that we have in our regular life too. I mean, we've talked about these things at, at many times. Well, religion and our different upbringings. Even though I know we were both raised in Yorkshire, we, uh, <laughs> we did have very different experiences. Um, uh, we have to wrap up in in a short amount of time. Um, favorite British Bake Off contestant? Oh my gosh. Easy, Nadia. Of course, of course. And have you seen? Obviously, of I know course you've seen I have. The, the uh, great. Oh, the it's a Great British, British Family Baking Show. No, 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 no. It's Cooking Showdown or cooking something. Cooking Showdown or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have to say, 
Yeah. We've had this conversation about You don't this. like a certain person. I don't dislike <gasps> her. I just... Do you don't think she she adds to it? Nadia could do it herself. I just feel like Nadia could carry that. Agreed. Zoe Ball, if you ever listen to this, you are, she is a national treasure, as you will remember, because her father, Michael Ball, was also a national treasure. However, I love them. Yeah. However, Nadia... I just love Nadia, Nadia more. Nadia absolutely could carry that show I just on love her, on Nadia more. I think she's formidable. And the fact that a hijabi Muslim woman won a national TV program in the UK... And if you guys don't know what a hijabi means, that means a woman that wears a gorgeous hijab. Hijabi, yeah. A hijab is what they wear over That's like their gorgeous hair. Yeah. Yes. And a niqab is when you a can class. only see your eyes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute. It's really cute. Um, favorite color? Oh, I know that they Spit say it out. not a color, but black. Oh, cute. Love. Yeah, always. It's the presence of all colors. Yeah. So you love them all. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you feel like you'd like people to oh know? Oh my gosh, I wish there was something I, w- I wanted everybody to know. Just that I have so much love for you, you'll never understand. Tanny. I mean, I tell you that all the time, but I do. I love you too. Yeah, you've become one of my best friends in like a year, which is insane. It usually takes me years and years to become friends with it's, this close with people. It's probably like something like... 14 months. Or no, but it's, I'm just thinking days. I'm like, oh, it's God, like 1,400. Or no, like not 14, like, like 380 or something. I can't do fast math. You know me. 386 hours, <laughs> 600 minutes. Gorgeous. How do gorgeous. you measure? That's also something I'm blown away about is your beautiful singing. I, know, I, I don't really know how you don't have a record contract I know. yet. Um, I'm always like begging Bobby to sing with me more because I know that he's like dying to do a duet he's with me. I think it'd be so beautiful. I don't know why nobody ever asked me to sing. My singing voice is gorgeous. It's like really beautiful. Almost as good as yours. Um, so Tan, do you have like a gorgeous website or something you want people to go to or do you have anything you want to plug? Is there anything gorgeous? Just, I mean, the only thing is Instagram because I feel like that's where you get to see mostly the true version of me. Well, um, that link will be on this and Tan, thank you so much for giving me your time and coming thank to talk to me. I love you so, so much. much. I love you too, baby. Thank you. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Benes. My guest this week was Tan France. You'll find links to Tan's work and socials in the episode description of the show. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JVN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thanks to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, then please tell your friends about us. Get them to subscribe, honey, please. Or make them whatever. Or just grab their phone and subscribe for them. And if they download it, that's their business. Um, And also, will you leave us a review on iTunes? You guys have really been doing such a good job of that, but it's music to my ears. My eyes love it. All my senses love your reviews, as long as they're cute. So give it to us, honey. Write a review. We love it. 